Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hello. Yes, I can hear you. All right, folks. Yes, Pastor. Let me just kill the music since we got started already. All right, so folks, uh, welcome to Your Folk Radio. This is Voice of Christian Israel. It's October 30th, 2022, and we're all getting getting our costumes ready for Halloween, aren't we, Pastor Martins? Oh, my, Pastor. <laughs> um, I'm so glad I'm not talking about uh, religion. Yeah, right. It is a religion, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay, so the topic for today is uh, the the war on food. And uh, as I have been saying on several programs in the last few months, that, uh, you know, COVID was just the first phase. Now we're in the starvation phase. They're trying to kill off the white race and especially us Israelites by manipulating food, energy, etc. And actually, they've started World War Three. In Ukraine, but uh, in your country, South Africa, uh, how is uh, because I understand right now your electrical grid is up and running very smoothly. Uh, what's the reason for that? Because usually you're having all kinds of difficulty getting on the air with us. Go ahead, Pastor. As far as I know, there is a inauguration of the Zulu King. The new Zulu King has been. Um, Hailed as the king today, so the power utility has sufficient generation capacity to withhold any form of a uh, power interruptions across. You, you know these rolling interruptions across the country. Yeah, rolling blackouts. Uh, we've known for, and it's also amazing that during the elections. There were no power failures or no power outages. Um, so it becomes very evident that it is just another manipulating tool for the purpose of gaining control and frustrating the masses, yes. the taxpayers. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, it's very interesting that here in America we're having a midterm election. And it's amazing how gasoline prices fall just before a midterm election, right? Because that way the incumbents can yeah. claim, oh, see, we brought gas prices down, but it's only temporary. As soon as the election is mm. over, gas prices go right back up, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The every, every item, every commodity is used as a manipulation tool. For the purpose of subjugating the masters to the elitist control. Yes. This cabal. Right, right. So, uh, now what's the food situation in South Africa before we get into this article? You know, because, uh, you know, I'm wondering, are you having any difficulty putting food on the table or your brothers in South Africa? Are they having any tr- trouble at the point, at this point? Pastor, yes, food prices have escalated over the past year, basically out of proportion and out of control. What we find is um, when the petrol prices prices rise, food prices drastically increase. When the petrol or the fuel price is reduced, which happened during the course of the past months, the, the petrol price was reduced by more than a rand a litre. Yet the food prices were either kept on the same level or increased. Right. Now, that we do not understand other than (laughs) um, interpreting it as just another manipulation tool. Yes. Well, I, I think we can say that food prices always continue to rise until the economy collapses, right? That's the only time food prices come down. Yeah. And so I think we're heading for that. Something else that um, the people must uh, take cognizance of, Pastor, is that um, even during the previous government, now when I say the previous government, I mean the white Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaner government, because that was what it was. Edomite controlled, Edomite church controlled, because it was yes. a Dutch Reformed church 
uh, orchestrated and manipulated or m- monopolized um, a, a government system. Yes. During that time, whenever there were trade agreements signed between South Africa and overseas, what they, they called trade partners, the politicians were always involved. Mm-hmm. And with these, uh, with the state of, of, of events or the state of actions, what we saw was that the prime products that were produced in South Africa were exported and they attained, these products attained absolutely record prices overseas. But the commissions that were paid to the politicians that actually set up those trade, trade agreements made the politicians prime beneficiaries of the benefits. So, yes, uh, even the, the trade and the trade agreements, even if a politician has no uh, uh, official uh, um, education <laughs> in South Africa, if he, be- if he becomes a politician, he is in line Right. For, ex- for receiving the commissions payable on such trade agree- agreements and yes. the trade that follows out of that. Yeah, we call those commissions kickbacks here in America, right? So the the, yes. the politician makes the agreements with the foreign traders, you know, w- which are obviously political moves. They're not for the benefit of the people. Yes. And so the politician benefits by getting kickbacks from the international traders. But uh, what about yes. the, the farm murders? In South Africa, is produce being produced on the scale it used to be before all these farm murders? Uh, Pastor, no, never, uh, not at all. What we see is with the black economic empowerment where many of the white farmers that had very large, uh, very um, uh, uh, productive farms throughout South Africa, where these farms were then forcefully transferred to black ownership, where in which most of the politicians themselves, the black politicians themselves, benefited. Those farms didn't last long. They didn't remain productive. Right. For the very simple reason, the the farming implements were sold off as scrap metal, and shacks erected on the farms, <laughs> the right. homesteads were were uh, um, demolished for the sake of obtaining the um, corrugated iron roof uh-huh. um, flats and copper and pipes. The copper pipes in right. the houses. Yes. So, so, so what they do is they they break down a a, a superb family. Uh, um, uh, homestead. Yes. And they use the, the corrugated iron for the establishment of shacks around this house. And of course, the, the plank floors, the wooden floors are used for making fire. The right. copper is removed and sold as scrap. Uh, the taps, the, whatever can be sold is sold. Yeah. So what we find is that these farms become unproductive. And then the government starts subsidizing these unproductive farms for the purpose of black economic empowerment. Right. And what we've seen is failure after failure after failure because there is no initiative. In fact, there is no education nor ability because it's not just a matter of education. Many of these farmers, so-called black farmers, had been working on these farms for many years. So they are au fait. They are in the know with farming methods right. and also with farming ideals. However, the moment that they take control of the farm, they have no boss right. that leads them no and white boss. them and tells them to do right. exactly. They need a white boss. That's the only, that's what drives the world economy is the white boss, but they're trying to kill off the white bosses, right? And replace them with Jewish bosses. So that's why the world is going to starve, folks. Mm. But here, let me go into the article. That's an excellent analysis of why the produce in South Africa is declining. The war on food from the uh, research article I put in the chat room. 
Alarmed commentators are observing that our food systems seem to be under attack. In a June 14 article, Zero Hedge republished a list of 99 accidental fires, that should be quote around accidental there, hampering America's food supply chain since January 2021. Meanwhile, many farmers are unable to get the supplies they need to produce food, from fertilizers to herbicides to tractor parts, and small trucking companies that deliver food to grocery stores are being driven into insolvency by unprecedented diesel gas prices. There has also been a surge of cyber attacks on agricultural companies during critical planting and harvest seasons, and an estimated 10,000 head of cattle had died mysteriously in Kansas feedlots. The deaths were officially attributed to mm. a heat wave, but that explanation is disputed by farmers. So, given this, it seems to me, and especially since the Nord Stream pipeline was destroyed from uh, Russia to Germany, the German people, you know, everything depends on energy. You know, farms need energy. Exactly. So, what, what's going to happen to the food supply? Over to you. Pastor, the food supply is being the the food supply is being um, uh, every basis for the successful supply of food is being demolished by the cabal, right? For the purpose of establishing a world a new world order and the one world government and all the rest of it. Yes. You asked an earlier question about the availability of food on our tables. Pastor, something that we've discovered just in this past week. South Africa is known because of the high level of sunshine, is known for its fructose-rich fruit, very sweet fruit. Uh-huh. Our, our watermelons, our watermelons and our uh, what we call this from spec or melons, uh-huh. watermelons and melons have always been extremely sweet and uh, very palatable. Now, two weeks ago, we purchased a watermelon that was produced on a ordinary farmer's farm through no supply line other than a sales store on the side of the road. Okay. As well as a melon. Now, melon, I don't know if you know melons in, in America. Yeah, oh, sure we do. It, yeah. It, it looks like, okay. And the melon, the melon that we purchased at that uh, point, beautiful and sweet. In this past week, we purchased a watermelon and a melon from one of these large um, fruit and vegetable cities or a, what is known as a, um, a, a food. Um, a grocery store? Whatever. It, it is a. a it's not a grocery store per se, but it is actually a vegetable sh- store that focuses on vegetables but also sells groceries. Okay. Now, what we found is that this this is a chain, a, a group chain with um, outlets in most large towns and cities. Okay. And um, what we found is that the melon – and the lemon, oh, so, sorry, the watermelon and the melon, virtually tasteless. <laughs> we also bought carrots. Now, carrots in South Africa have are known to grow quite large and extremely tasty. Okay. So we bought um, watermelon and melon and carrots at the same place, the food lovers market. Okay. <laughs> However, all three of those items had the right Virtually the right color, but no taste. You you eat a carrot raw, or you bite a carrot, and you don't know whether you're eating a carrot ca- carrot or whether you're eating whatever cardboard. <laughs> In other words, right? What we what we deduced is that the vegetables that are now being produced. And distributed in these large organizations, the Jewish cabal-controlled chains seem to be genetically modified organisms. Okay. In other words, lack of taste. And, of course, with that goes lack of nourishment. Right. In other words, in order order for you to, to be 
able to survive, you need to eat twice or three times the amount of food that you needed before, which of course increases your ingestion of whatever nanoparticles they inject into those food, uh, right, GMO-modified right. foods. There you go. There you go. That's another, that's another thing to keep in mind because the reason why they export to the central cabal and then, or, and then import back to the same country, <laughs> it might even be the same food, right? But they take the opportunity exactly. to inject the food or spray the food with the microbiomes and the mRNA vaccine back, back home. So who knows yeah. what's in that food? Exactly. So what we've decided is to cut out the buying from any of these foods right. from large organizations, from chain, um, uh, these um, mega um Mega chains, we decided to rather buy our fruit and food in future from smaller outlets which are run by farmers in the district. Yes, right, absolutely. Yeah, now, do you by any chance have the food chain called Aldi in South Africa? ALDI? Not what I know of, Boston. Okay. Yeah, they're very, no. uh, very common here in America, and they specialize, even though they're a big chain food store, they specialize in local produce. So I find that their produce is usually Wonderful. very good. Yeah, it's usually very good. But, uh, so I don't see any shortage here locally in central Illinois, but I'm, a, I'm anticipating in yeah. the big cities, in the big cities, it's going to be a shortage. Okay. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Boston. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 farmers are being paid to actually destroy the uh, crops. That's right. That's right. That's another factor. Uh, in, in, go ahead. In South Africa, in South Africa, over the past few months, we have a situation, or we had a situation, where thousands upon thousands of hectares of crop was decimated by fires that had been purposefully uh-huh. placed or planted. So what we have is we have a, uh, a government that actually supports the uh, killing of farmers. And um, w- just yesterday morning or the day before that, one farmer lost two tractors, complete tractors, because they were set alight by the w- workers that worked for them. Wow. And this is the kind of thing. Last week there was a farmer that decided to move off his farm. He actually left his farm with his house, everything, he just removed his implements and whatever they could move from the house. Right. They moved out, yes. leaving the farm to be at the at the mercy of the marauders that yeah. actually wanted the farm and um, right. had been uh, yeah. so uh, how can, haunting so, right. the, the farms for a period of time. Yes. How can South Africa produce any food under such circumstances? It's incredible. Exactly. All right. Okay. In, exactly, addi- in, in addition, the article talks about the Rockefeller, Rockefeller Foundation and their plan for food shortages, deliberate food shortages. In July 2020, the mm-hmm. Rockefeller Foundation published a white paper called, quote, Reset the Table, Meeting the Moment to Transform the U.S. Food System, unquote. It summarized discussions of over 100 leaders and experts brought together to design a quote-unquote reset of the food system. A skeptical skeptical Irish blogger notes, quote, The first question anybody should be asking is, how would the Rockefeller Foundation know about upcoming food shortages in 2020? Naturally, it was just a calculated guess on their part, right? Isn't it also interesting that the title was Reset the Table? Back to you. Uh, Pastor, yes, of course, it's an organized um, shortage. It's an organized, in fact, it is a crime against humanity orchestrated by these Edomites. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but, uh, you know, again, most people, Think locally and act locally. They don't, they don't realize that the, the global, uh, you know, cabal 
is influencing everything yes. they do. Simply have no awareness of that fact, right? And so, yes. fortunately, exactly. I think the, the Boer people must be becoming aware of the fact that there's this international Jewish cabal that is trying to destroy them. Now, are, exactly. are well, the go ahead, go ahead. This this Edomite Jewish cabal had been trying to to uh, decimate, in fact, to genocide the Boers ever since the first Boer arrived in 1657 in the Cape. Yes. And on every or in every generation after that, every war, every uh, um, collusion with uh, blacks and orchestrating of wars against the Boers by the Dutch Reformed Church Yes. for the purpose of genocide of the Boers. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I hope the Boer people are beginning to realize that everything you've been saying about the Cape Dutch Afrikaners is true and that they are on the ground their worst enemies. Yes, absolutely, Pastor. In fact, um, there's uh, over the past few weeks, there's been a tremendous increase in, first of all, the uh, launching of vicious attacks against my person and my personality mm. and my character mm. and then also a tremendous number of Boers that have um, rediscovered or in the process of rediscovering their true identity as descendants from the house of Jacob. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, we can expect this sort of thing. I went through that uh, uh, from 2012 to 2014, uh, intense attacks upon my person calling me a Jew and a traitor and blah, 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 right? So you're going through that now, and you've been going through it for quite some time. So, yeah, and you can expect exactly. these, yeah, because you're telling the truth, as we like to say, uh, when you uh, when you tell the truth, you, you can expect some flack, right? So the flack comes shooting at you yeah. when you tell the truth. So let's continue here with this article. Yeah. This is, this is uh, truly important. The hunger problem in July 2020 stemmed from unemployment and COVID-19 lockdowns, which had just begun nationally at the end of March. A January 22 meta-analysis from Johns Hopkins University concluded, quote, that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects, but they have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. In consequence, Lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument, unquote. Yeah. Mm. It, it should be obvious exactly. that, it should be obvious that if people lose jobs, they lose money, they can't put food on the table. But they get free injections. And they lose, and they lose houses and they lose cars and they lose property. Right. Because of inability to, um, uh, by the dues. Right. So, isn't it obvious this whole COVID fiasco was totally orchestrated as an attack upon the white race? Now we're just seeing the starvation mode kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, continuing here. To the Rockefeller Foundation, however, the COVID crisis and policy response were an opportunity to make transformative changes in our food system, including, quote, modernizing data and technology platforms. The July 2020 white paper proclaimed, Food is medicine. One of COVID-19's legacies should be that it was the moment Americans realized that the need to treat nutritious food as a part of health care. Well, we knew that all along, but they, they've got their own twist on exactly. this. They have their own twist. By integrating healthy food into the healthcare system, doctors could prescribe produce as easily as pharmaceuticals and reduce utilization of expensive health services that are often required because of nutrition insecurity. Well, that makes total sense, except for the fact that they're the ones supplying the food now, and what in the world are they doing to the food, such as your, you know, uh, your corporate stores provide? It's tasteless. No tr- mm-hmm. nutritionless and what? Probably injected with all kinds of poison. Exactly. And also genetically modified organi- organisms. Right. So here, eat this carrot. 
what's in your carrot, right? It's not no, no longer what's in yeah. your wallet, what's in your carrot? Poison. That's what's in your carrot, folks. So, now, unfortunately, yeah. here in America, we have a lot of local, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, farmer's markets, where you can get produce from the yeah. farmer directly. They come into the city, and they have uh, regular farmer's markets, usually once every two weeks, and you can buy your produce directly from the farmer. There's all kinds of services. But I imagine that these services are going to be, you know, uh, occluded and lessened as as this shutdown of energy and fuel, which make, makes farming very difficult. So it's really time for us to start growing our own or stocking up before it gets really bad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you can do that. Uh, are you in an area where there's a lot of produce grown or is it, uh, is it more or less a dry, arid zone? Sounds like from what you were saying. It's uh, you have really good nutritious produce get there. Well, Pastor, the um, problem with South Africa is that uh, most probably about seventy percent of the country is um, arid, semi-desert. Right. So even though we have ideal weather conditions, uh, warm summers and um, uh, mild winters, um, w- what we find is that. Because of the droughts or the the uh, low levels or the uh, little rainfall over a given period of time, especially during the growth period, we find that not all the arable or all the um, cultivable land is ideal for all products. Right. So we have certain areas like the prairies. You have uh, uh, what is it? Wheat growing in the on the prairies. Uh, South Africa, well. In in terms of its size, we cannot compare with uh, the USA, but what we do have is that, uh, especially along the coastal areas, we have very fertile land, which is cultivated to optimization or uh, total optimism or... And where in which, for example, these products can be marketed or produced, but then it takes the transport to those areas where the products are actually needed. Yes. And then again, we have this catch-22 situation. You won't believe how many large trucks, delivery trucks, are being uh, forced off the roads and totally by these marauding masses. Wow. They are being... Even along the road, as the truck continues along the highway, somebody jumps up and starts throwing (laughs) off all the products as the truck rolls on. By the time the truck reaches its destination, it's empty. And even a commodity like coal, coal is transported in South Africa by road, no longer by rail. South Africa's whole railage system has... Uh, it was decimated, has been decimated over the past five or six years. Uh-huh. Uh, railway tracks just disappear overnight. Overhead <laughs> power lines disappear. Uh, signaling systems disappear. So the the railways have come to an abrupt abrupt scraping halt. <laughs> right. So what right. they do is what they do is they now um, the, the government actually sponsors black economic-empowered individuals to build up fleets of large uh, trucks. Okay. And these trucks now now carted the coal from the coal-producing mines to the power stations and to, for example, Richards Bay, where the coal um, exportation takes place from. Okay. However, by the time many of these trucks arrive at ESCOM for the purpose of generation of power, the coal has been Shovel, shoveled along off. the way. Right, been shoveled off. Okay. So well, well, I, I can see that the truck driver could hardly do much about it. If he stops his vehicle, he'd probably be, get pummeled to death, right? So he must yeah. just keep moving, right? He has no choice but to keep moving unless he's got a semi-automatic, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, so 
So many of these trucks, once they have been emptied of their contents, they get burnt. So it's a massive investment or a massive risk that any transporter takes to even uh, cartridge something, for example, from Johannesburg to Durban. Right. Um, It's just incredible. And once they start uh, with their uh, picketing along the highways and they start burning trucks, it's not just trucks. They burn vehicles. They burn um, 10, 12, 15 of these trucks at a time. Right. So it became, well, it becomes a very expensive operation yeah. just to transport products across South Africa. Yeah. Why don't you pay blacks to do that? Maybe they'll stop stealing. <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's incredible. Uh, also, Go ahead. It, it, it is in their nature. <laughs> right. If you give them, if you give them a farm today, tomorrow they will come and beg for the, the, uh, Produce. The, the hedges, the, the fences that yeah. had been stolen overnight. Right. So they come yeah. and beg for the, the replacement of the fences, and tomorrow you will find that they've set up shacks and they start selling. Right. They, they actually mark this farm into blocks, and they sell the blocks off at 200 rand a throw or 500 rand a throw. So you, that what they do is they establish a little shanty town on that farm yes which makes it a total disaster in terms of reestablishing the ground as uh, for cultivation of uh, of, yes. of uh, food yeah they they have no mentality for farming they really don't you know because it takes planning right yeah. <laughs> And they don't be, and they're not yeah. able to plan such things all right so but here isn't it incredible that Never before in history, at least in my history, have I ever heard a medical professional say, let's prescribe food as medicine. Never. Yes, exactly. Okay, now all of a sudden they're prescribing food as medicine. Could it be that the the food they're selling us now contains the medicine (laughs) that we don't want? Right? That's what it's come to. So, yeah, every, exactly. yeah everybody listening, to what's happening in South Africa is coming to Europe and America. It's coming to you. You know, the, the food mm-hmm. shortages are coming here because the Rothschilds have every intention of starving America out. Because the last thing they want to do is to have a war against us. They know that their wars mm. against America have never succeeded, and so they don't want to do that. So, they're going to try to starve us out. So, uh, it's yeah. really, and we can only hope they shoot themselves in the foot because every time they disrupt the supplies from one country or one city to another, mm. they actually disrupt their own supplies. So, and, and have risk shutting yeah. down their own corporations, which would be a good thing. Well, Pastor, there are two things that run parallel. The first thing is they will, Take full control of the, the supply of food. And yes. the second thing that they will do is to disarm the people because I don't know if you realize this, but the American public is the largest armed force in the world. Right. Yes. There's a, it's a biblical militia. Okay. Just as the, uh, yeah, right. So because we're based on common law, which prescribes a militia, not a standing army. However, of course, the Jews have created a large standing army, which they send around the world to enforce their policies, their banking policies, right? So, folks, it's time to stock up on rice and beans, dry goods, keep them nice and dry, because things like rice, beans, and even white sugar, I hear you're better off with white sugar for for preservation purposes, whereas brown sugar contains a lot of organic material that could rot, right, and spoil. So white sugar is actually better for such a purpose. So start looking at the uh, YouTube videos about how to preserve food. Yeah, get a dehydrator. Yeah. Good advice, Paul. Yeah, so we it's time to start preserving your food because the shortages are coming. Back awesome. to you. Yeah. What, what we have in South Africa is that um, 
um, the sugar cane, we have cane sugar in South Africa, the sugar cane is processed and refined and all the molasses removed. Right. So we end up with white sugar and then they actually mix molasses back into the white sugar again. Or what they call molasses, right? So <laughs> It's brown stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that molasses well, yes. can, go ahead, because the molasses can be uh, sold separately at a higher price, right? Yes, yeah. the higher price. That is yeah. why brown sugar in South Africa is generally more expensive yes. than white sugar. Absolutely, absolutely. Even though it takes a longer process, even though it takes a longer process to get to the white sugar, um, the, the they could actually produce and process and refine the sugar without removing all the molasses. But they do that for a purpose. Right. I'm not sure what the purpose is, but yeah. that is what they do. Well, it's probably for making alcoholic, of to keep alcoholic beverages, I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, uh, I forget which which uh, alcoholic beverage is using molasses. But, but sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Uh, when I was still at school, now that is quite a number of years ago, um, we often, um, I often went fishing where the sugar terminal is in Durban at Maiden Wharf. And the um, South African boat ship, uh, one of these mass, con- uh, mass uh, cargo ships, the S.A. Shugela, was a vessel that our cadet band actually performed at, at the, um, what do you call it, the, the, uh, not the inauguration, but where where it goes off the slipway. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, launched the launching of the SA Sugela. So yeah. I had a particular interest in the SA Sugela because we had the opportunity of actually watching and seeing um, the building of the the uh, vessel. Right. Now, often when I arrived at Maiden Wharf to do to f- do some fishing, I would find that the SA Sugela would lie side being oh. filled with sugar really and then it takes yes being filled with sugar with uh, all the mechanical and automated means with conveyor belts etc so right. the SA Sugela gets filled with sugar and then the next day we arrive at Maiden Wharf and the SA Sugela is gone really the next day that then on the, the then very next day we arrive back and S.A. Sugela is busy getting filled up again. Man, and I, that's I quick. asked one of these sailors, I asked one of these sailors, where do you offload if, if you're going to, if, uh, I mean, if you're only away for a day yeah. uh, after the vessel had been filled up, where do you go to, uh, do you go to Maputo, Lorenzo Marx, or to Port Elizabeth, East London? And he said to me, no, they go just off the horizon and they dump the sugar in the sea for the purpose <laughs> of keeping the for the Feed, purpose feeding of the fish. The, yeah, right. The, That's amazing. They just dump it in the ocean. Yes. Yeah. And for the purpose, what's the purpose? Why do they pr- dump it in the ocean? Yes, exactly. Yeah, but why? Why do they dump it in the ocean? Absolutely. What's the purpose of that? We didn't, uh, you kind of faded out there. So what's the, what was the explanation? Uh, Pastor, the, the, the purpose is to keep the, um, the, the supply and demand okay. in, in, to, to ensure that there is an artificial shortage. Okay. Oh, so the, okay. the stocks are being reduced by this banner. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah, I see. And it's also make work for the people that are involved, right? Because communism is yes. is all make work, right? And, uh, yeah. and throughout the Bolshevik regime in Russia, there were always shortages, always, and for two reasons. Number exactly. one, communist uh, economies don't produce much. And number two, whatever is produced, the commissariat skims off the top, and then what's left goes to the public, right? <laughs> That's how that works, and it yeah. sounds like the same thing is happening in South Africa. That is utterly amazing. They actually dumped the sugar into the ocean. 
Wow. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So, well, that's that's the. Now you must remember that this isn't under the present ANC government. This is under the previous white Cape Dutch Afrikaner uh-huh. um, government. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Here, well, let's continue with this article. In a May 22 podcast, Christian Westbrook, the Ice Age farmer, mused, quote, where vaccine passports failed, food passports will now be eagerly accepted by hungry people who can't afford rapidly inflating food prices. This is the realization of a long-standing agenda by the Rockefeller UN WEF crowd to, as Kissinger put it, control food and control people, unquote. Are we ready for this? Are we ready for this, folks? Your comment. Organized. uh, Yeah. Organized and created chaos. Yeah, amen. Organized chaos. One of these days, this organized chaos has to backfire on them. It has to. Pastor, it is already uh, beginning to show the signs of backfiring. One of the th- one of the things that I read in the book of Abadiah is that uh, verses one, two, and three clearly indicates um, what is being happening or what is happening with the farmers in Holland and the farmers in England and the farmers in Scotland and the farmers in Germany where they are busy taking up uh, or or meeting the Edomites head on. Because everywhere in South Africa, South Africa, the illegal, um, um, what do you call it, the taking of the farms from the white man. Oh, yes, confiscation. The illegal uh, confiscation is now being legalized for the purpose of so-called... Redistribution of land. Yes, yes, yeah, and they're deliberately not. You know, Bill Gates is buying up uh, all the farmland left in Michigan so that it won't produce food. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Artificial food. Yeah, right. Now they're producing. Yes, and it's artificial food. Uh, what ground up maggots and beetles and what ha- what have you? <laughs> right. That's what they're planning yeah. on feeding us with. Exactly. You know, and I suppose starving people yeah. will eat just about anything, right? So this that's the future, yeah. folks. We're looking at the not, not far distant future. It's happening right now. Uh, a report from Austria, a yeah. uh, lady, uh, independent journalist said, right now, even in Austria, shoplifting has become a major problem because people don't have the money to buy food. Yeah. Okay. Well... Uh, what I what I do see is so much for the uh, carbon um, footprint of uh, countries like Germany. Uh, I see an or oh, I saw an article where the windmill farms are being dismantled for the purpose of increasing the size of coal mines. Really? So the windmills yes. of uh, Germany and uh, Holland are a thing of the past. Is that what's happening? Very much so, Pastor. Okay. Because uh, windmills cannot um, continuously provide power, power energy, right? Uh, as coal farm, coal-fired power stations can. Okay. So Germany is busy expanding its coal mines um, for the purpose of um, this coming winter. They yeah. stockpiling. Also, very interesting. South Africa, I think we spoke about it the week before last, where South Africa's uh, coal-fired power stations were um, targeted for decommissioning by the end of October uh-huh. in favor of so-called renewable energy. Right, wind, so-called. Wind power stations and sun power stations. However, <laughs> South Africa's coal exports are now being channeled or are now being directed through to Europe. Yes. In other words, South African, South African taxpayers and, and um, um, the public utilizing electrical energy is being um, 
robbed right? of carbon carbon powered uh, yeah. uh, generation Fuel. systems. Yeah, amen. In favor of very expensive wind. Yet no. the South African product, yeah. the, the coal product, is being exported to, to Europe for the purpose of uh, powering power stations there. Right. And so Germany is now undergoing a crisis of unprecedented proportions in terms, uh, not since World War II. Uh, has there been this exactly. uh, a serious a shortage of everything? Okay, I remember yeah, growing up in post-war Germany, where there was what we've. You know, I grew up for four years on on noodles and crushed walnuts with sugar. <laughs> That's what we ate. Yeah. There wasn't there wasn't any other food. Yeah, okay? there certainly wasn't any steak. Exactly. Right, I don't think there was even any yeah. pork. I remember the first time I ate ice cream was yeah. just before we left for America, <laughs> right? That's the first time I had a taste of ice cream, right? So here, now, this is total control. This sort of control, Absolutely. this sort of control grid is what concerns preppers and survivalists, people preparing for large-scale mm. societal collapse. But we don't need to go down yeah. to that controversial rabbit hole for confirmation that a major food crisis is on the horizon. This, no, not the horizon. Tomorrow, folks, President Biden has said as much. It's on the doorstep. Yeah, it's on the doorstep. And the head of the UN World Food Program has warned that we are heading into the worst humanitarian crisis, as I just said, since World War II. The crisis is systemic, predating covid as Australian author Dr. Liz Elliott colorfully illustrates the problem in an as-yet-unpublished preface to her book, A New Way Now, Solutions to Financial and Climate Collapse. Well, such an orchestrated mm. climate collapse you know, is something we patriots have been aware of for the longest time, and hopefully our people, you know, the remnant, are stockpiling, and getting ready, and yeah. you know, so far there's no energy shortage in America that I'm aware of, but Europe is going to have a really cold winter, a really cold Absolutely. winter. Absolutely. Boston, yes. so, so the uh, precursor is also set for the purpose of ensuring that people, especially the elderly, will die in their masses because yes. of the cold. They won't be able to keep warm. Yes, yes, yes. And also the CDC has installed a program where they're going to you know, mandate injecting children. Injecting children. So they're after wow. our children, right? Because uh, the, the children have never even caught COVID. Not one. Not one child has ever caught COVID. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, so it's obviously they want to kill our children to pre prevent us from reproducing. Yes. Well, it's not about, it's never been about COVID. It's been about the uh, establishment of a base for the injecting of the people with a oh, previously yeah. uh, patented <laughs> right. construction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. If you want your food, oh, how's the song go? If you don't eat your meat, you won't get any pudding. If you don't take your shot, you won't get any pudding. Yeah. Okay? Yes. Yeah, and even the food has already got the shot in it, so there's no escaping it. Exactly. Wow. All right, exactly. folks, this is Armageddon. As we've been saying, the first shot that was fired for this uh, Battle of Armageddon was with a COVID shot needle, and now the, they're using yeah. food as a weapon against us. It's here, folks. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Wow. Okay, so the word about this has to get out. I mean, all aboard people have to understand yeah. that this food war is underway, and probably their worst enemies are the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. I can see that food is going to be channeled to the Cape Dutch and depriving the, the boar. I can see that happening. Yes, absolutely, Pastor. In, in fact, um, uh, what we've seen over the past um, most probably 30-plus years is that the you must remember that there had always been a distinction between the Cape Dutch Afrikaners and the Boers. Yes. That particular distinction had been emphasized over the past 365 years. 
and magnified in numerous events and occasions over the past 365 years, the past just over nine uh, uh, generations. Now, in during this time, uh, you must remember with 19, uh, during 1910 or 31st of May 1910, uh, it was the capture, the state capture of the Boer Republics by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. And then the Boer Republics experienced a massive disowning of the farmers, the right. Boers, of their farms. Uh-huh. And, and those farms were, those farms were then granted to the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners that participated with the, yeah. um, with the mercenaries, the, the British Empire mercenaries that were rented in by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. And more than 50,000 of these Cape Dutch Afrikaners were granted those farms that the Boers had been disowned of. Right. And when these Cape Dutch Afrikaners started establishing themselves on the Boer farms in the Boer republics, they started establishing cooperatives, cooperations. Yeah. Yes. And the farmers who, who were, who were uh, members of the cooperation, they could get discounts and they could get their products marketed by the cooperation, but those farmers that were yeah. not members yes. of the co-ops could not market their products. They 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 actually yeah. uh, ran into up. a situation because, however, the conditions for the joining of the co-ops was you had to be a member of the Dutch Reformed Church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A, a pseudo Jew, crypto Jew. Yeah. Every every step of the way, the Boer had been robbed and stolen of his true identity, his true right. belief system, his identity as from the house of Jacob, and also he was reduced to a poverty-stricken beggar, yeah. and he could only get a job on the on the railways or in the mines as a a, a rock yeah. breaker. Yeah. Or the building of the dams, or the building of the railway lines and the streets or the roads, the, right. through mountain passes. If he had a letter of a recommendation from his local duomeni, right, right. So you can see on every on every turn, the Boer had been discriminated against by right. these Edomite Dutch Afrikaners. Right. Okay. So the question I have, because I'm reminded of the Book of Obadiah in which it states that the Edomite, the uh, the coalition that the Edomite has formed for himself will abandon him, okay, and be the, the cause of his downfall. Yeah. Because every country, every corporation, as you just described, that is not benefiting from the in- insider network, okay, will... Uh, 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 ultimately turn against the insiders. Right? Well, and, uh, Pastor, if you read, if you read verse 1, 2, and 3, you will read um, the history as it is unfolding in the newspapers today in European uh, countries, uh, Germany, Holland, with um, the farmers uh, taking the Edomites head on. The only thing is they don't realize that these yeah. are the Edomites that, that, yes. that they are facing. Yeah, well, here, let me read it since you mentioned it. The vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Yahweh Elohim concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from Yahweh, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, let us rise up against her in battle. Okay? Let us arise against Edom. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Okay. The, the same thing was said by the whore of mystery Babylon. I sit a queen. Who can bring me down? Absolutely, Pastor. Now, it wow. is not without any, or without uh, uh, little significance that the Dutch Reformed Church was conveyed and transported across the globe by the Dutch East Indian Company. Yes, yes. So, uh, the the global economic system the Rothschilds have created 
by which they have profited yes. immensely. Uh, they're actually self-destructing because they want to destroy us. And they can't destroy us fast enough by making war. So they've instigated this medical Armageddon and now this uh, agricultural and food services Armageddon by which they hope to destroy us. But how can they do that without depriving themselves of the very commodities that we produce? Well, Pastor, I think it was verse 3 that you read of them being in their high towers in and in their... Um, is it not that these the cabal actually established their fortified houses and their yes. so-called survival um, yes. strongholds? Yeah, and gated communities. Right. Well, <laughs> a while back I had a vision because I'm no longer in Chicago of all the Jews who live yeah. in the high-rises in downtown Chicago, okay? I can see the zombies yeah. waiting outside those buildings, okay? And those Jews will yeah. not be able to leave those buildings. And as soon as they come out, yeah. those zombies will be there ready to devour them. Exactly. Wow. Well, Talk- it's, it's a... It's happening on a grand scale, Pastor. Uh-huh. As the the house of Jacob awakens to their true identity, yes, and their true um, belief system, they will obviously realize that where the problems have emanated from, the so-called New World Order was already promised to the Jews during the first and before the first world war. Yes, yes. Well, their strategy has been dictated by the fact that they can't kill us. They they simply have been unable to destroy us, despite the fact that the first two world wars decimated our population by a fully one-third. Right? And all the wars they've staged since then have simply failed to destroy us because we have continuously reproduced despite all their efforts to destroy us. So now they're they're at their wit's end and that's why they instigated COVID and the great starvation. Okay? But but then again, if if one reads Daniel chapter 2, that... um, statue that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt about, uh, that rock that is cast against the statue is coming, Pastor. Yeah. There's no escape for these either. That's right. That's right. Irrespective of what they do. Yes. Revelation 17 and 18 will happen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, one of the most frequent questions I get is, are there any prophecies in the Bible that ha- are left yet unfulfilled? And certainly Obadiah is one of those very last fulfillments that, because it discusses the destruction of Edom. Or, let me put it this way, yes. the self-destruction of Edom. Okay? Correct. All right? Yes. That's where we're at, folks. So we are so close to the end. Uh, if, if the if prophecy is a 12-hour day, the, the clock is at 23.59, right? The clock is at 23.59. And, and, yeah. and some seconds. Pass there something I want to end off with. Okay, less than if a minute. That the house of, if there is something that the house of Jacob worldwide need to pay attention to, okay. it is the Deuteronomy chapter 30, the first 12, 13, 14 right. verses. Yes. The, uh, the only way in which we will be able to overcome what is being leveled against the house of Jacob is to go into a humbling before Father Yahweh. Right. The blessings and the cursings obey his laws. Right. Then he will bless us. Absolutely. Okay, folks. That's our show for today. We've run out of time. You've been warned. The great starvation is here. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Pastor Martins. Yahweh bless you. Yahweh bless you, all Thank the listeners you, and the Israelites around the world. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 